0: Last week, two more awards joined the long list of Pulitzer Prizes won by Medill alumni. This week, I interviewed the two winners together over Zoom. Did you two know each other before
1: this? There is a Slack channel. Are you in the Slack channel,
2: Evan? I'm not in the Slack channel. No, I should be in the Slack.
0: (laughs) From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Megan Munts. This is NU Declassified, a podcast that looks into how Wildcats thrive and survive at Northwestern. That was Brian Rosenthal and Evan Hill. Along with being Medill alumni and former Daily editors, they both now do investigative reporting for The New York Times. Brian won the Pulitzer for investigative reporting with a story about predatory loans in New York City's taxi industry. But that actually started as a profile of Michael Cohen, President Trump's former personal attorney.
1: I learned about the taxi industry. One person took his work for President Trump, one person took his family, one person took his legal career, and I was assigned kind of the last piece, which was to look at the fact that he had invested in 30 New York City taxi medallions. You know, there was this conventional wisdom about how the value of a medallion had gone down from over a million dollars down to $200,000. You know, I'm not an economist, but I've ridden in taxis before. And uh, the driver is almost always an immigrant. They're miserable. They're working 80 hours a week. They're not paid very much. So why would you pay a million dollars for any job? But why would you pay a million dollars for that job? That was the question that kind of set me off.
0: Evan's investigations are housed within the Visual Investigations team. They were awarded the Pulitzer and International Reporting after their story revealed the Russian military had been deliberately bombing Syrian hospitals.
2: The first time that we heard a Russian pilot on the audio give the coordinates of a hospital that he had bombed, my colleague on this project, Christian Trebert, I kind of put my arm around him, and as a joke, I said, it's Pulitzer, baby, we got a Pulitzer. And then after that, of course, we we never mentioned the word Pulitzer again. You know, it's like a jinx, like never again.
1: I also believe in that. Jinx. I don't even say the word.
0: Jinx or not, Evan and Brian were both announced to be winners on a May 4th live stream.
2: The prize is awarded to Brian M. Rosenthal of the New York Times for an expose of New York City's taxi industry that showed how lenders profited from predatory loans that shattered the lives of vulnerable drivers, reporting that ultimately led to state and federal investigations and sweeping reforms. The prize is awarded to the staff of the New York Times for a set of enthralling stories reported at great risk, exposing the predations of Vladimir Putin's regime. However,
0: neither of them had expected it.
1: I remember thinking this is gonna be a great, like mini story to do for a couple months while I find my next big project. I think it's somewhat rare that the story you end up with at the end is so much more outrageous than you even thought it was. I think I had talked to myself about all the reasons why it was not gonna happen so much to like mentally prepare myself. So when I heard that it did happen, I was mostly just dealing with my surprise because I was genuinely surprised.
2: <laughs> I don't think I've still processed it actually and what it means and you know the implications of being a Pulitzer winner. My parents were extremely happy. <laughs> they were like, "They were like, this is the biggest day of our lives. And I was like, well, no. Journalism is so rough sometimes, especially these days. And I personally have been both in and out of it. And it's been a long and like winding road with a lot of stress and a lot of stressful assignments. And so when you get the top honor, it's almost as if the, the decade that came before that, I know now is worth it. In that sense, it's like a relief almost.
0: But besides being a relief, Winning the Pulitzer for a story about human suffering was also a moment of reflection for the two.
1: Journalism awards are so weird. One of the weirdest things is that we are often honored for our work about suffering of others. I remember wondering whether I should call Muhammad, who was the main driver in in part one, and then thinking about, how that conversation would go and what the emotions of that would be like. Because something good had just happened to me because something bad had happened to him. That itself was a reminder of the reality of the stories that we write.
2: We wanted all of our sources in Syria to know that we had won the Pulitzer, and they were all very excited about it, and we made sure to thank them publicly and name the ones who had been crucial to it. But then at the end of the day, you're like, you know personally that... This is huge for you, but it's probably not going to change things for them. I mean, it's maybe part of a piece of a larger puzzle that eventually changes things. Definitely what Brian said, it's a reminder that these people, especially these Syrian journalists, are doing the same work we're doing under such harsh circumstances, and they're not winning Pulitzers for it, you know what I mean?
0: The people they did end up telling first were a little bit closer to their personal lives.
2: The first person I called is
1: actually a colleague, at the paper, Steve Eater, who is one of my closest friends at the paper I've known for 10 years. He actually helped me get hired here. He was texting me that whole week while the judging was going on, like, hey, have you heard anything? Hey, have you heard anything? So the way I got him to shut up was, I was like, Steve, you have to stop texting me. As soon as I hear anything, I'll let you know. So when I heard something, I let him know.
2: I think I called up my mom and dad and I said, We had won the Pulitzer and there was much, much screaming in the background. And then some of my closest friends from Wisconsin and and from Northwestern, actually, including one of my roommates who had seen me go out on my first assignment for The Daily in like 2003 to cover like an Amnesty International talk on campus. And I remember we were joking like, it's either the beginning of a long career or a really short one. We'll find out soon.
0: Although Brian and Evan both wrote for The Daily while at Northwestern, They missed each other by just a year. Evan, who graduated in 2007, served as assistant campus editor, and Brian was editor-in-chief during his senior year in 2011. Their time on staff helped further their interest in investigative reporting.
2: I was an underachiever probably at Medill. The biggest story I ever did for The Daily was with uh, Jordan Weissman, and it was a a murder investigation in Evanston. I think we thought that we were going to, like, crack this case that the Evanston Police Department couldn't crack, which we did not. (laughs) That's definitely what I wanted to do. And I think that that's been the trajectory of my career, is whatever I'm doing, I want to be the guy who finds out the thing that no one wants you to find out about and publish that.
1: I was always interested in investigative journalism. One of my claims to fame, I believe, <laughs> is, you know, I was editor of the Daily in 2010. I created the concept of an in-focus story, which was an, an investigative story. So did I know I would end up at the New York Times? No, I did not. I was I actually was more focused in college on the Washington Post because I have two older brothers who live in D.C. So I guess I, I failed in that goal, but I did okay nonetheless.
0: But journalism right now looks different from how it did when Evan and Brian were staffers at The Daily. Many newsrooms are laying off or furloughing staff, and many keystones of traditional journalism aren't possible right now due to the pandemic. For Brian and Evan, changes to journalism aren't new, nor are they life-shattering.
2: If I can be kind of cynical and pessimistic for one part of this, the fate of a lot of journalism was kind of sealed in the 2000s when... The industry did not adapt to the complete change in technology and advertising and social media. I think that it's really rough to advise journalists at this point because the trajectory for so many outlets is that you either get rescued in a way that gives your control over to wealthy individuals rather than uh, a subscriber base, or you slim down and, and, and you become something different.
1: Yeah, so I, I will assume the optimistic uh, side of the coin then, um, if, if need be. People have been predicting the demise of journalism, at least since I've been a journalist. Obviously, the industry has suffered. But I think that, first of all, there are a lot of new models coming in on Pulitzer Day, ProPublica won two Pulitzers. And it won one of them for its local reporting network, where they were supporting investigative projects in local newsrooms all around the country. I continue to believe that you can find a job in journalism. I started my career by going to a smaller newspaper. Evan started his career by going to a smaller newspaper. And I know people that work in smaller newspapers that are Desperate for people coming out of college that are really ambitious and enthusiastic and well-trained. Those opportunities still exist, and we need students and, and graduates and young journalists now more than ever to help us get through this tough
2: period. I graduated into 2007-2008, which was our, our last crisis within the past uh, decade. And I thought I wasn't going to work in journalism ever again because of where things were going. But I got a job within six months at a small paper out in San Francisco and then just like plodded along for the next decade until I ended up wearing it up. I don't think the pandemic is going to be like the extinction event for journalism, but I do think it's another major milestone on the end of post-World War II journalism sort of as we knew it.
0: With Evan and Brian's wins, they joined the list of over 40 other Pulitzer Prizes won by Medill alumni. You can read their pieces on the New York Times' website and see the full list of 2020 prize winners on pulitzer.org. From the Daily Northwestern, this is Megan Munz. Thanks for listening. This episode was reported and produced by me, Megan Munz. The audio editor of the Daily Northwestern is Molly Lubers. The digital managing editors are Callan Luciano and Hina Srivastava. And the editor in chief of the Daily Northwestern is Marissa Martinez.